Welcome to Dharma If You Dare. I'm Christopher Lawley, Planet Dharma team member and producer of the podcast. Today's recording is a continuation of a talk introducing Astrodharma that Catherine Poisserat Sensei and Doug Capel Duncan gave during their online course entitled Crazy Wisdom. Part one of this talk can be found in season three in the podcast feed, episode 11, entitled Astrology and Buddhism Introducing Astrodharma. If you are not familiar with this approach to astrology, I recommend you hit pause now and go and listen to that earlier episode. As someone who started as a skeptic and has come to truly value astrology, I have always been impressed by how committed Sensei and Capel are to using Astrodharma as a tool for transformation. I've never seen them use it as an idle pastime or to explain away someone's behavior. It is always used as a lever for getting underneath patterns and struggle to expose the opportunity for growth or the missing piece in someone's mandala or view. In today's talk, Sensei and Capel explore parts of our natal charts that are particularly connected to spiritual and personal transformation including Chiron, Saturn, and North and South nodes. They explain how these lenses can help us get unstuck, transform challenges into tools, and take things in our lives less personally. This includes how to use astrology to integrate our shadow and realize our fullest potential. You will hear them use the term houses during the talk. If you don't know that part of astrology, don't worry about it. If you want to learn about the houses or any other foundational parts of astrology, like aspects, Catherine Sensei does have a self-study course that covers all 12 signs, along with all the other parts that make up a strong foundational understanding of astrology. You can find some free resources and learn more about that course at planetdharma.com slash astrodharma. And now here's today's recording. Okay. Should we go so, to the notes? Yeah. So right. Sensei's favorite and one of my favorites too. Well, there's two favorites actually. Okay. The nodes are one of my favorite. The other, my other favorite is Chiron. Chiron is the wounded healer. So it's where the wound is. So we're back to the shadow. So for me, the, the Chiron, the, the wounded healer, where your wound is and how you heal it. And then the two nodes, which we're going to talk about now, are for me, key aspects to meeting the shadow, along with the 12th house and Pluto and the outer planets which I don't think we're going to get to either. So just briefly about Chiron, because this, I think, is really helpful. Chiron's an asteroid next to Saturn, and he was a centaur. He was a great teacher. He taught Apollo and Artemis and Hercules, and he, he was immortal, and he taught many of the gods and the great Greek warriors. And he was wounded in an accident, just a pure accident. It was an arrow dipped in the blood of the Hydra, so it was like the worst poison there was. And he accidentally got wounded with this arrow, but because he was immortal, he could not die. So he just had this terrible, terrible mortal wound for eternity. And so he tried everything he could to heal that wound, but it was basically unhealable. But through that process, he became a great healer. And everybody is a Chiron. Being born into this world, you are wounded. It doesn't matter how good it was or how wonderful it was. You come into the world wounded. And part of your journey is to heal that wound back to the shadow, back to Dharma, back to astrology. And one one of the neat things about Chiron is that it is really nobody's fault. There are other things in our chart 
that are painful and we can usually trace them to something else or somebody else or to an experience or but Chiron not it's just a terrible pain that we just have and it's through that experience that we have to heal ourselves and then we can offer that healing to other people. So, so this is huge when it comes to genealogy and, and planetary healing and transcendence is that everybody's been wounded and it is really nobody's fault because whoever wounded you was wounded by somebody else and whoever wounded them wounded somebody before them, right? So the nature of the wound and the struggle that you're working with is that if you spend too much time in an ego way, focusing on the person who did that to them, then in a sense you're missing your liberation. Even though, yes, it might have been a wound and it might have been a hurt and it wasn't good, nevertheless, everybody in some fashion or another has been wounded. So the ego wants to concentrate on where to assign the blame or where to assign the credit. In Astrodharma, you're moving past that. You're saying, oh, here are the patterns. Here's the structure. Here's how this family or tribe or culture or condition got built. And this is how you transcend it. Let's talk about the moon's nodes. Let's start with the south node. South node. So the moon's Karma. nodes are determined also by the time of birth. And it's basically the, where the orbit of the moon crosses over the orbit of the earth around the sun. So it's a little bit techy, so we won't get hung up on that. But there's a south node and directly opposite it is the north node. Always 180 degrees from your, from your south is your Directly north. opposite. It's your karma, it's your family, it's your conditioning, it's your culture. It's everything from where you came from, it's where you get stuck. That's right, right. so it represents what we're born into. Mm -hmm. And that's usually by family and by tribe and by culture and therefore by conditioning. And because we get stuck here, it usually manifests as, well, you're kind of stuck in your, I mean, it is a blessing, but we do feel kind of stuck in our tribes, right? We don't know we're in it even unless we leave it. So in that sense, we are quite stuck. And especially in whatever house it's in, which house will tell you which part of your life tends to get stuck. I think it's obvious, but we need to say it. So somebody's south node might be in Libra, meaning they get kind of stuck in the For status example. quo or something. But their north, somebody else's north node might be in Libra, which means learning to embrace beauty and balance and culture and harmony and such things. That's right. So Libra's the balancer. And so every sign, every planet, has its upsides and its downsides. So where our south node is, we tend to be aware of the downsides or experience the downsides. And our spiritual path then is about going for our north node, which when we first learn about that, it usually seems kind of impossible or just outrageous. Like who, me? You know, I'm gonna manifest that really? Cause it's the opposite of how we were raised. Can I give how an we were example? conditioned, please. So my south node is in Libra. My mother was a Libra. My guru was a Libra. I got married in Libra. I got divorced in Libra. At the time of Libra? You At mean? the time of Libra. So that's all that. The North Node is in Aries. The Aries, again, is that going forward, reaching out. So I never really saw myself as a teacher initially. I kind of felt more that my role was in kind of a community or in, or in, in the family of it all. But my nature just kept going for the, the reach, for the extension, the reach. So it's kind of an example. 
That's right. And we actually have the same. We have the same nodes. My south node is also in Libra. So similarly, out of a family of six, four people are Librans in, in my family. So Catherine and I are not super good on the status quo. We're not like, we both got south node status quos. We, we both have south node conventionalities. We, have, we both have south nodes, nice house, pleasant environment, take care of all that harmony that, stuff that Libra is That's how we like. were raised, you mean? That's where we were raised. And for, mo for both of us until really relatively recently, none of that was very important to us. We were going north. She went to Japan for 20 years. She went to Brazil for a year, ayahuasca, and so on. I traveled the world. So it's that kind of north node reach. So Libra is all <laughs> about balance. It's about relationships. It's about like, is everybody feeling okay? And the opposite of it is Aries. And Aries doesn't really give a shit what everybody else thinks because it's just blazing its own trail. It's not, not in a mean way, but it's just like, what? Other people? What other people? Because it's really knows where it wants and needs to go and goes for it. And so to someone who's raised in a Libra environment to, to say like, oh, it's your destiny to just go for what you want to do and not pay attention to what other people are thinking, that's a really outrageous thing for someone who's raised in yeah. a Libran, you know, you got to check in with everybody first kind of environment. Right. So the North Node, we have to really make effort to manifest those qualities. It'll feel really unnatural and we have to make that very intentional. Right. And the nice thing about it is that once you make your North Node intentional, your South Node comes back as a bonus. All the positive elements come back into it. So Catherine and I have accumulated uh, fabrics and stones and and pottery from around the world and art. Libra right? is about aesthetics. Bringing that back in. So it's not that you're ever going to lose anything. You don't lose anything by leaving the left, the, the left node, the south node, right? You just have to manifest the north node in order to bring it around where it belongs. Now let's flip it because it, if your south node is Aries, what would you say about that? Let's see, if south node was in Aries, it was probably a very fiery, maybe, Aries is ruled by Mars, so kind of maybe an ag aggressive home environment. Might have been a lot of fighting, you know, like um, different wills not really getting along, possibly in the home environment. Remember the South Node, we experienced the downside of it. And then North Node. And so Libra. then the North Node would be about learning to be very harmonious, learning to get along with people, learning to express concern for other people's feelings, to find balance. These are all Libra and strengths. And then once somebody cultivates those qualities, then they get the upside, as Sensei said, the, the upside of our South Node. All those qualities become available to us. We realize, like, oh, well, actually, it may have been a lot of fighting in my home growing up, but I am really comfortable expressing my opinion, and I don't mind if I have to go it alone. I, I, I was raised with that talent, and uh, we get an appreciation for those positive qualities. Thus the integration and thus the transcendence part. Should we go to the shadow aspect of? Let's talk about the shadow since that's Saturn, basically Saturn, our favorite Saturn, thing. Saturn, 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 and more Saturn. Tell us about Saturn, Catherine. Okay, so the planet Saturn, that's the teacher archetype. Really, we could say maybe the authority and. And what's, what sign does that rule? It rules Capricorn. Capricorn. So Saturn is called the Lord of Karma. And it's also known as the gateway to the outer planets. That's 
Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. It and also <laughs> speaks to discipline and training, discipline and training, and discipline and, and structure. training and training and discipline. <laughs> and thus it's the door to the outer planets because the outer planets are where the transformation happens or where the process of transformation happens. And you can't get to the outer planets if you don't have a very strong Saturn. Psychological problems, neuroses, anxiety, worry, they're all pushing you back into the inner planets. It's self-oriented. So in order to get to the outer planets for true transformation to take place, you gotta make this training, discipline, study, teacher motif. And our culture and our society has put that Saturn principle a bit in the garbage can as patriarchal and authoritarian. So we're shooting ourselves in the foot by not being able to embrace the positive sides of the patriarchy and the positive sides of uh, authority and discipline. We're keeping ourselves in a self-circling victimization and neurotic involvement with overconsumption and over-self-indulgence. It's narcissistic because we need Saturn to get out of it. That's right. So Saturn, I, I would say pretty much universally, as, as younger people, we experience it as, as oppressive. It's like an authority that isn't letting us grow up. It's often apparent or it can be represented by another authority figure. And, and really it's about becoming an authority ourselves through discipline and training. And in order to do that, we need to be trained by an authority, right? We only get good at something if we learn from a master. And Think that master's it. represented by Saturn. Whether it's ballet or law or medicine or any subject, carpentry or... Dharma. Dharma, it's the same principle. It's the apprenticeship model. Saturn is about the apprenticeship model. Other planets are about maybe study and learning. So the problem with our university careers and measuring society in terms of just university learning is just knowledge. But for mastery, you need the application side and that's where the Saturn part- The actual experience. The actual experience. And Saturn is about in meeting that actual experience on the ground, not just knowledge in the head. Right. So we have a lot of experience with this transition from experiencing the authority as oppressive to becoming that authority ourselves, because I'd say one place where that shows up really in spades is in Dharma training. Yeah, Karma Yoga. Because it's just, it's a very, very challenging kind of scenario where, where we feel like we're being controlled and held back and oppressed so in one by our teacher or our trainer when actually what their motivation is mm -hmm. to help us become a master. Yeah. So in the sense that you might say that karma yoga is actually the higher discipline. That if you look at a monk in say Tibet, he goes, the, or a nun, the, the young woman goes into a monastery and she learns the prayers and she learns the ritual and she studies and then she learns how to do her job, whatever that job in the monastery might be, and then she goes into retreat, right? So at that point, she has enough foundation to meet the relationship between Saturn and the teacher, the guru, and the disciple. And this is where the deeper training takes place. So, in a sense, the highest practice isn't meditation. 
the highest practice is actually karma yoga because meditation is just about you alone. Karma yoga is you with others. And so if you're going to teach or you're going to share the teaching, you have to know how to meet those things. And you meet those things through the training and the discipline of karma yoga. So Saturn often is one indicator of the shadow in our charts because it often, where it's located by sign and by house, those are often areas where we feel like there are obstacles or where we feel held back. And then it takes conscious effort. With conscious effort, we can lean into that. It's not easy, but uh, with the help of teachers and trainers, we can lean into that and attain mastery in that area. And then we become teachers. And, and of course, the parts of our life that have been the most challenging for us are the parts of our life where we're the best teachers. So you don't get to Dharma unless you rebel. That takes you to the gates of Saturn. But in order to go forward, you've got to meet the discipline of Saturn. So you've got to rebel against your own rebellion. And in the process of rebelling against your own rebellion, you then go to the outer planets, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, to meet the transformations of dissolution, uh, revolution, dissolution, and destruction, which we just briefly mentioned here. Right. So Saturn's the gateway. So these outer planets, Neptune, Uranus, and Pluto, they move much more slowly, so they affect entire generations. The inner planets up to Saturn move pretty fast, so they're changing all the time, so it kind of accounts for all our different personalities. But the outer planets are moving slowly, affecting generations all at a time, so it'll be like the millennials will all have the outer planets in the same place. Same the baby boomers all have the outer planets in the same location. Gen X all has those outer planets in the same location, but different from each other, right? Which is why the generations are different. So those are, as Sensei said, those are shadow indicators too, those outer planets. Where they are in our charts are going to be areas where we're going to be prone to big things happening to us, seem, seem to be happening to us, kind of befalling us. And it's, Neptune is transformation through dissolution. dissolution. So that often has to do with, let's see, altered states. It can be fantasy. It can be disillusionment. It can be substances. So if, if you're going through a struggling with substances, it's probably a Neptune issue going on. And it's yeah. through mastering Saturn that we can work with these energies skillfully and access the higher vibration of these energies, which is the transcendental. Uranus is the revolution, probably revolting against your family conditioning, your cultural conditioning, or your programming. You're revolting against what you've been sold by the marketplace. Pluto's through destruction, so if you're actually going to make spiritual breakthrough, you got to take it apart and get down to the brass tacks. But there is a flip side positive, which I think I'll mention briefly, Please. which is if these three come together. So through the Saturn, through your discipline, you've gone through dissolution, you've gone through revolution, dissolution, and destruction. That doesn't sound very appealing. But when these three come together, you completely unravel the knot or the matrix of the me. And as soon as that happens, they flip. So Revolution becomes the ability to work in community and, and carry on a st stable and a cooperative and, and healthy environment. Dissolution becomes creativity. You, you actually touch into the tapstone of your own creativity and you're infinitely self-creative in the moment. Or, or cosmic creativity. Or cosmic creativity. And Pluto, right, destruction now becomes the great ability to build 
and create things and, and, and monasteries or temples or retreat centers or, what, or performances, whatever happens to be your particular thing. Right, because Shiva, for example, is the great destroyer, but we know that it's a very necessary force in order for new things to be created. And just to repeat, you can't get to the outer planets and real transformational change unless you meet the discipline of standing alone by yourself in your own world as your own person astrologically, not putting it off on someone else, not getting someone else to carry it, not figuring out the community will carry you or take care of you. This is a personal, private journey that you must make for yourself. And when you go through the transformational process, you actually become capable of being useful to others and working with others in a way that isn't the blind leading the blind. So this is why astrology is so powerful. And Astrodharma, our, our horoscope is a map yeah. for how we can do this. There's, There's a, a lot of it is universal and depending on our individual horoscope of, of when we are born is, is the personalized, you know, this is why I'm here on the planet for this lifetime. Yeah. There's another aspect of the shadow element that we should talk about, which is the 12th house. Yeah, so the 12th house is uh, super interesting. It represents the period of time we were in our mother's womb. So what an important nine months, right? Everything that our mother experienced was having this profound effect on us before we knew we were us. It's the house of the unconscious, but you could also say it's the house of the pre-conscious. Mm -hmm. It's in the shadow. You don't quite know what it is yet. It's unconscious to the ego, but in some ways it's also pre-conscious in, in the sense that you don't know what's happening. That's right. So it's also with great effort that it takes us into the transcendental or what is called the superconscious, where the 12th house is usually is an unconscious resource. That's right. So it's usually part of our being that we're not very aware of and an important part of our journey to the transcendental. It can be disowned. You might disown being aggressive, positive aggression, to move towards. That, to that would be Mars. To step aggression. Mars, to step in, right? Right, so someone with Mars in the 12th house might be quite unaware of their own aggression, right. but encounter aggression in other people around them. Right. Right, so that's a typical 12th house kind so of So by learning to bring scenario. the shadow of your Mars out into the light and taking it on yourself as your own energy, then that's the power for your transformation. The 12th house, we access and integrate with a lot, a lot, a lot of meditation because that's how we make our unconscious conscious. And that, that takes a serious commitment and that's really a lifetime of work. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please rate and review Dharma If You Dare on your favorite podcast app to help more people find and benefit from these teachings. And don't forget to subscribe to get episodes and bonus content sent directly to your device. Interested in developing a working understanding of astrology as a system of personal and spiritual transformation? Looking to explore the material from today's talk and look at how it applies to your own life? Catherine Sensei's self-study course, Intro to Astrodharma, goes step-by-step -step through everything you need to know and includes fun, meaningful, and engaging exercises, including analyzing the Dalai Lama's chart and guided activities to deepen your understanding of your own natal chart. Visit planetdharma.com slash astrodharma 
to learn more about the course and to access some free resources. See you next time, and may all our efforts benefit all beings.